Welcome to Story Story Night, where you hear true stories on a theme recorded live. I'm your host, Jody Eichelberger. On this podcast, we are rolling with the times. It's the slam from our 10th anniversary flagship season, The Decades, held on March 31st, 2020, in our new online webinite format. During the slam, audience members raised their virtual hands, and the select few shared their blast from the past with their stories inspired by the theme tens. But first, we begin with a special guest who has a particular expertise with the number 10. It's story time. Our guest's name is Devin. Hi, I'm Devin Mutika, and I recently turned 10, and this is the story of my birthday. Um, so I woke up, and then, like, I felt really happy because I was, like, super excited. And then I went downstairs, ate my breakfast, went to school. And um, when I went to school, I felt, like, really, really happy because, like, I, um... I was really excited for my school birthday because I've had I've had multiple school birthdays, but um, I was littler, so I didn't particularly remember them as well. But I was really excited, and so I went to my classroom and I had a couple of classes, and then I went to lunch and I really like I talked to my friends and it was really like it was so fun and my teachers were super nice and at lunch um we stay my whole class saying happy birthday to me so that was really really sweet um then went to recess uh which that was fun my friends really like making skits with me so we made a whole bunch of funny skits um, one was about Frozen, which that was fun. And then it was a PE day, so we did this, uh, the game, we made our own games, um, and it was just so fun. Uh, we made, like, kind of like a birthday game for me, which that was really sweet. Like, we split up into teams, and my teams were really nice to me, and they made, like, a birthday ga- game up. And it was actually really fun. And then we went back inside and like, I was like, I wanted to be the end of the day because I wanted to go home and open all my presents up and see my family. So I went home. Actually, I did hand out some treats because my school does something where I give, like, if it's your birthday, you have the choice to give out treats to your class. So I gave Baby Yoda cookies out, and since there are people with nut allergies in my class, I did give, um, since the cookies were in a factory that contained nuts, they couldn't have it, so I gave Guru Donuts to them. So yeah, I went home, and then it was like, that where I really wanted, like, I was just so happy when I was at home, and then we went to Ruth's Chris, which I was so happy about. I like walked in and I just smelled like delicious smells. I was like, yummy. <laughs> um, it was just so fun. And then I had um, a filet, mashed potatoes and asparagus. That was really delicious. And it was it was just so good. I can like remember the taste. And then the waitress gave us dessert menus and I 
really, really love, I have a sweet tooth, so I couldn't decide on the dessert, but I did have two of my favorite. There was the creme brulee and the cheesecake. So I said, surprise me to the waitress. So when they brought the desserts in, she came out with a cheesecake that said happy birthday on it and a creme brulee on the side. And she said it was a free creme brulee. So we, I got one dessert, like a dessert for free. So that was like amazing. That was like, I was like, whoa, thank you. Um, then we sang happy birthday. And then it was time for presents because my mom said that we should wait until after dessert. So I opened, so first I opened up my card. I had gotten one thing from my parents. I opened up my card and I was so happy because my mom was going to take me to San Francisco to go see Harry Potter and the Cursed Child. But that was canceled. But I do have other, uh, they gave us other tickets so we can go back and see another showing. That's when the coronavirus isn't happening. happening. Um, yeah, and then I opened my break present. This is like a huge moment. I opened it up and I saw a box that was an iPhone box. And I was like, what? I just got a phone? Uh, that was like so amazing. I was like, whoa, I really love that moment. And then I was like so happy and like I got all, I got it set up a lot. And then we went to the mall later and we got like a phone protector and stuff so my phone will break when I drop it. It actually took them a while to put it on, but that's still okay. And then when I got home that night, I, I really felt 10, like just a moment that I just felt 10. So yeah, that was my birthday. Yeah. So bye. Thank you. Bye. Bonnie V. So in 2010, I turned 65 and the usual milestones happened. I signed up for Medicare. I realized that it was retirement time and I thought about senior discounts. But I'll tell you something, I've gotten senior discounts since my early 40s. One look at this white hair, and they just bring me up at the discount price. I try to explain, and I've even offered to pay the difference, but I can see that whatever look in their eyes while they're going, it's okay, just go on in. So I had no idea how to be old, and at that point I felt no pressure to figure it out. Turning 70 pushed me a bit though, because I had wonderful people in my counseling practice who were actively engaged in the process of dying and they were my age. So they became my teachers and I became more responsible. I met with a young bright lawyer and I updated my will and I designated a durable power of attorney for healthcare and for finance. And I knew it was time for me to give up the office and close my practice. So on the first day, on that day I received my first social security check, I packed up my office, loaded up my car, and headed home. I had only gotten about halfway when the phone rang. And when I saw my doctor's name on the phone screen, I pulled over. It's malignant, she said. That biopsy from two weeks earlier that I had completely forgotten about was rewriting the script for the next month of my life. Well, perfect timing, I thought. I have nothing on the calendar. And in about a month, with a lot of help, 
I was back on my feet. And then my appendix ruptured. And I can tell you that a seven-year-old will skate right through that and bounce right back. But a 70-year-old, not so much bounce. Everything I'd put off and still wanted to do came up to the top of the list. Long road trips through Colorado, Utah, New Mexico, bike rides, trail walks, movies, riding classes, and best of all, close one-on-one -on -one time with my family and dear friends. And now it's 2020. My health is good and I love my life. Sometimes I wonder about my mind, but so far I get by. And I'm still working on learning how to act my age. In January, I asked our daughter if she would please be a co-signer on my check account. Not because I needed it, because it's better to do it before you need it, you know? And then she asked if I had plans for my birthday, and I told her how grateful I was to just let this one slide. Well, let's go out to dinner, she said. Just the two of us, the brickyard. Well, I was delighted. She picked me up early, and parking downtown was easy, and as we were walking across the street, she got a text. She has a million friends, and the two of them were right upstairs at the reef, so she says, let's run up there and say hi. We have plenty of time before our reservation. Well, lighting was dim in the bar, and there was a tall figure blocking the doorway to the dining area, and as we got closer, that silhouette was unmistakable. It was my ex-husband. Now, he and his wife get around, and maybe they had tickets somewhere else, and they stopped here on their way, but then he stepped aside in a room full of dear friends from every corner of my life yelled, surprise, happy birthday. Within 48 hours, group gatherings were limited to 10. And 10 days later, it was stay at home and keep six, six feet away from everybody else. And then all non-essential services were closed. And now numbers fill the news. So many cases, too few tests, so many need ventilators, not enough masks, and no TP. Scarcity, lack, need, uncertainty, and now an earthquake leave us all on edge. But my heart's full, and I have enough of everything that I need. They're saying we have no maps for times like this. Well, once there were no maps for the whole western half of this country. And Lewis and Clark set out to change that, trusting a native guide a woman to scout the way forward. Well, that's my kind of woman. I love exploring new territory. So if or when I get this virus, I'll be the one out front looking for whatever comes next because I think I finally understand what it means to act my age. Thank you. Uh, hi, Jessica. So this story starts with a dog and it ends with a dog. Marcy and my relationship began when I was in college in uh, 2011. And like every wise and non-impulsive college student, I decided I should get a dog. So I went to the Humane Society and I picked out a dog. Uh, the only one I could afford, she was $90 and she was in the bargain bin and I got Marcy. Marcy turned out to be challenging. Marcy was uh, not good with other dogs. She was not good with people. It was really challenging. I mean, she attacked a dog like right outside of my uh, house. She attacked dogs when we would go to family uh, get together. There she goes. Uh, when we would go out to friends' houses. Um, and it was really hard to take her anywhere. I had this vision that she was gonna be this companion. We could go 
you know, to mountains and camping and, and all these different places, but I couldn't take her anywhere. And so fast forward to 2013 and I had graduated from college and I was at home um, back in Boise and I was working as a newspaper reporter for the Boise Weekly, uh, which I miss. Um, and Marcy bit a kid. Marcy bit my 15 year old, back then eight year old brother's uh, friend, Jeffrey. And Jeffrey's dad is an attorney. So it really became a decision. And my entire family was kind of saying, maybe you should put Marcy to sleep. Um, and that was a really difficult decision for, because I was 23 at the time. And so I, I was kind of coming to terms with that, you know, and uh, I had a, a boss that actually recommended training. He said, you should try, you know, doing some training with her and seeing if you can work her through it. And so I said, all right. And I, I just, drained my sad little college savings account that I had left over. And then I did this training through a company called Sit and Sit. Um, and we worked really hard for a couple of years. I went to group classes and we did training and we would, you know, be around dogs and be around people and kind of slowly starting to trust each other. And, uh, and so it was in 2016 then that I decided to leave my job as a reporter of the Boise Weekly and I made the leap to Portland, Oregon. And I didn't even apply for another job. I knew that there was a sit and sit here. And so I, I said, hey, uh, you know, I was wondering, I was a client in Boise, I, I wonder if I could work for you. And um, yeah, they said, sure. And I was a dog trainer for like three months before they said, no, you're not good at that. Um, but they did have me come on as their training consultant. So now my job, and it's been four years, is going into people's houses and meeting their terrible dogs that are just like Marcy used to be and helping them have a life now where they can take their dogs to the beach and they can have their dogs around their family members. And I just, I never would have thought that, you know, as I was studying journalism at the University of Montana and this whole plan to be a, a newspaper reporter and, and my whole life trajectory changed because of this like terrible dog um, that ended up not being quite so terrible. Uh, so that's it. That's the story. I'm quarantined in a tiny house. It's 175 square feet with my two dogs and my partner. So thank you for that story, Jessica. Hello there, Bryce. So I'm going to tell you about 10 seconds of terror that ends with cutting my trailer out of a tree. So in this case, I've been working up in the woods up the northern and uh, central Oregon and out of Unity, John Day uh, area. And I was, I was doing some work to keep cattle out of stream beds. And I was finally done with the project. And I had all of my possessions in, in a trailer that was an old, that was actually a converted back of a truck that was following along my truck behind. And just when I get to town, I look in the rearview mirror and I see the hitch, the tongue of the trailer slowly rise up. And I say, oh, what am I going to do? My trailer is now only connected to my truck by chains that are going to break. So I put my plan, the one second blink plan, and I was going to take my truck and put my brakes on and ram the back of my truck into the trailer and stop it. Well, 
my, the trailer understood what was going on. So much to my surprise, the trailer was no longer back there as I'm watching. And instead, the trailer made a quick left turn and zigged right past me in the left-hand lane. So, also, so that's a really bad situation. When your trailer is now passing you on the left-hand side of the road with most of your earthly possessions in the back, all of my clothes, my chainsaw, all of everything I had was pretty much in that trailer, and now it's passing me in the left-hand lane. And instantly I look ahead to see if there's anybody coming. There's no one coming. And then I'm like, okay, I was going to ram it from behind. Now I'm going to have to chase it down the highway, hopefully find it, and hopefully I can catch up to it because now it was ahead of me. And just as now I'm accelerating to try to catch up to it, it has another plan, and it takes a sharp turn left and launches off an embankment over to the John Day River, which goes into John Day, rear to Mount Vernon and John Day. So now my trailer with all of my possessions is now launched off of the highway, off a bank, and I believe has gone into the river. Only once I get to it, I pull off. I find that the, the trailer isn't in the river. It's actually in a tree. So now my, tr my old Ford made out of an old truck trailer is now stuck about 15 feet up in a tree. And I'm figuring out how do I get a trailer down out of a tree? Something they don't teach you in school. So here I am, I'm looking at this and I, I, I climb up and I've got my chainsaw in there. So I start cutting some limbs and I start dropping it, but it's still stuck. And so the edge of the road and, and the, where the branches are, it's launched kind of in a, a V. So I, I cut out some of the tree and then I take a come along and I slowly winch it off of the road, off of the tree. And the, bent, and the tree just gracefully just bends down as I have my come along and the truck pulls the tree over and it just gracefully just deposits the trailer unharmed onto an old road that's right below it next to the riverbank. And from there, I rehitch the, the trailer. It doesn't seem to be damaged at all. It's been protected by the tree when it landed. And I connect it to the truck and very, very slowly we headed into town with everything still attached except for the chainsaw, my clothes, everything I had is now deposited. But that was 10 seconds of utter terror. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening. Story Story Night receives support from the Boise Arts and History Department and is funded in part by the Idaho Commission on the Arts and the National Endowment for the Arts. Thank you to our media sponsors, Boise State Public Radio and Radio Boise, and our season sponsor, Pettit Realty Group. Podcast production is by Stephen Baldessari. 
Our theme song was composed by Dan Costello, and our musical guest was Dr. Chad Spears. Support this story program, get tickets to our live show, and stay tuned at www.storystorynight.org or on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Story Story Night. Also, check out our YouTube channel. I'm Jody Eichelberger. Thanks for being a part of our story. Thank you.